So the other day we were playing a game with friends. The game is called Fun Facts. And it posed this question. On a scale of 1 to 100, how well would you survive a zombie apocalypse? We all answered secretly, and then we had to rank ourselves based on what we thought the other folks around the table would say. And it was all fun, of course, and we laughed a lot. But it also got me thinking about how well I would do in life without all the comforts and supports so many of us enjoy in our corner of the world. How well would I survive? And what would you say for yourself? This episode, we are diving into an online video about thousands of people role-playing life in a post-apocalyptic world. And we're asking what that kind of unique group activity has to teach us about games, religion, and life. It's another installment of AV Club on this episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly show exploring the intersection of religion, spirituality, and board games. Hello and welcome, everybody. We are so glad to have you here joining us for a, another episode of Board Game Faith. My name is Daniel Hilty. And my name is Kevin Taylor. And welcome, welcome, welcome to, uh, to all of our listeners. If you're listening to this in podcast form or all of our viewers, those of you who may be watching on, on YouTube, we are so grateful to have you here today and um, grateful that you're you're spending a few moments uh, with us uh, of your day. So, Kevin, what would you say? How, how, how well do you think you would survive a zombie apocalypse on a scale of 1 to 100? Uh, you know, it's so weird because I'm having to imagine, and so I, I, I don't really know. I That's think okay. I'd survive terribly unless... I'd give myself, if 100 is that I would definitely survive, I'm probably like a 20. A 20? Okay. That's good. 15. I think yeah. it would depend on if I have a reason to survive. Like if I'm trying to keep, you know, a child alive or something that would make it easier. But I, you know, oh. I, I am a creature of comfort. I mean, I'm not a camping dude. I was gonna, so, yeah, I was going to ask about kind right. of your survivalist skills and your toolbox. I like your bathing. Um, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I um I don't blame you. I'd probably spend the whole time just sweeping out the tent. Mm. <laughs> right? That's also a, an important an important skill. Yeah. Yeah, but also important is guarding from zombies and eating. Um, I did read the World War Z, the novel, mm -hmm. is that the movie's based, only loosely based on. But in it, it has kind of guides for surviving a, a zombie attack. So I did read that. That would be useful. Oh, one of the okay. main things is never go up in a building. Why? Because then you can't get out, so you're trapped. Really? So if you ever go into a house, don't go up to the second floor. Okay. So zombies apparently are good at climbing steps and and all of that. They can they that, can... or even if you take the steps out, you can't go anywhere. And if they eventually find a way up, or you need food, you're stuck. So you oh, never want to go, go up. Okay. You okay. always want to have a way to, I guess, run away. Okay. It's, it's very, um, you know, the, the rabbit from Holy Grail. You always want to run away. Okay. Okay. 
That's good. I will have that, to remember that. Which was that. written by Max Brooks, who's Mel Brooks' son, strangely enough. World War Z was written by Mel Brooks' World son? Yes. Really? It's a really good book, actually. It's very interesting. It, 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 it's, um, yeah. I like it's that. Good. So, I, yeah, what about you? How, how likely are you to survive? I, I put, uh, I put uh, one zero i i asked first i said now can these daniel we talked about your low confidence issues and i think i think we need to go there today well (laughs) i i asked though i asked first i said can these zombies feel guilt or shame because if so then i've got a little chance Because you know that's what, really that's, that's, that's really the Mennonites' only weapon is skilled and shame. It's like I've been stuck on. in this house for two weeks. Don't you feel terrible? Come on, now zombie. Let us out. What would and your mother think if it. she saw you right now? <laughs> <laughs> Did she raise you to be a flesh-eating zombie? Really? Um, right. No. Um, I, I mean, I hope I. I'd like to think it was a little <laughs> bit more than one, but I, I. Who am I kidding? I. I have. I don't have a lot of survivalist skills and I'm not trying to beat myself right. up. I've got other skills, but, but surviving <laughs> zombie apocalypse, I think is probably not. Would you survive a Mad Max type world without zombies, but just with weird gasoline and community rules? Ah, that's a great question. So a world, a post-apocalyptic world where we're not necessarily having to fend off people who are trying to eat us eat us all the time but just where there's right. a collapse of society society's collapse and society as we know it has collapsed new societies have returned but they're very much like viking type you know it's barter and it's pillage hmm. and it's it's raw survival i don't know that's a good question i i i don't know i think if if i felt like there was a place for people kind of like who are wired like I am then I, I I guess that's kind of a circular circular reasoning there but uh I'd survive if there was a place for people like me to survive <laughs> I guess but I don't you know would, what, I think that's what the problem think? a society of you wouldn't survive you would you would have to find survivalists that you sort of like the zombies you yeah. have to be attached yeah to it's people a, that can survive so Huh. What, what do you think? Or why are we, why are we talking about this today, Kevin? What is the, what because, is the impetus? Because in today's AV Club, we are uh, looking at some people that pretended to do this. Wow! Yeah, tell us more. And yes, so there is a channel called People Make Games featuring Quinn Smith. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Quins, which how does anyone get the name Quins? Like it's not even Quinn, it's Quins. Well, I, I think but I did know it. I did know a Quinn once, but yeah. And I think I saw at the end of the video his name. I think his real name is Quentin, but he just goes by Quins. It sounds like. Oh, okay, that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. Okay, I'm like because that's a great name and it's very cool and very unusual. Yeah. So Quentin. Okay, so Quins uh, Smith is famously attached to. Uh, uh, the channel that I just shut up and sit down. Yeah, board so, game review he's channel. Great on that, and this yeah. is sort of a side gig that he does about I about people that are making games. So it's not so much reviewing board games as people that are are creating kind of games in, in, that are not corporate or not really for sale by 
larger board game industry. Is that fair? Yeah, different kind of games, like video games, too, and, and live action games and such. Yeah, and there was one about the Excel championships where people have to race to do an Excel spreadsheet with formulas, and it's a real thing. It's like I didn't a see Excel that. That's Olympics. amazing. Yeah, yeah, cool, it's a big deal. Cool. That's great. Um, so they're covering really interesting stuff. It's very, um, it, 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 so the guy, I, I love what Quinn's does in general, <clears throat> just because I, I appreciate, I don't always agree with his reviews, but I always appreciate his his perspective and his, his he's very curious, his curiosity. So they travel to the Mojave Desert, which I believe is somewhere near some part of the United States. I believe it is. I, um, I, think, I think it's west of North Carolina. I think it's west of North Carolina, and it's north of uh, Paraguay. <laughs> I believe I wouldn't have. I have to admit. I I I, I looked this up. It's in it's in California. I believe. Okay, uh, I was going to guess California. We have a lot of California listeners. California listeners, I we I apologize that we don't know the geography. <gasps> if someone's better. listening in the Mojave Desert right oh, now, and they just got awesome. a chill. That would be that would which be, is good because it's very hot there. Yeah. If you are listening from near the Mojave Desert, please drop us a line. We'd love to know more about it. We're right. going, we'll give you our, our our details at the end of the episode today. Yes, with some sand. We want a little sand in in the envelope. That would. Be, or you could do a postcard and glue a little sand to it and, and see if it. And it makes would be it. glittery. It would look like glittered <laughs> a glittered po- postcard, but it would be sand. And there's a little gold in there. And then we have the moral dilemma of, do we tell you, you just sent us gold mm. or do we just buy Daniel a new microphone? Mm. It would be tough. It would mm. be tough. Because, yeah. So they made this video where th- several thousand people, is that right? Like I think 4,000 people. In fact, I think the name of the 4, video. 4,000 people. Yeah. The name of the video spend is. five that. days. Yeah called Wasteland Weekend. Yeah. And it involves, even before this five days, they have to build the entire camp. So they have to provide a place that is safe. And you think about thousands of people, you got to have food, you got to have some kind of bathroom, shelter, you're going to have to have medical, you know, if someone gets hurt or sick. So it's kind of like Burning Man, I would think. Like it's a complicated situation. Although yeah. maybe they're not very far from a town. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway... Um, <clears throat> quite an undertaking. They have to build the structure and people go out and it's a Mad Max type thing theme, which is sort of a post-apocalyptic desert diesel engine survival. It's a very strange, it's very niche. It's very uh, hyper interest. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like a world that has been reduced to bartering, but they love engines and cars. Yeah. Yeah. So... So they go to kind of film and participate in Wasteland Weekend and and to see what that's like. Because one of the things they're doing is they're wanting to present this as a game. Right. Um, and how people have created this very indie type unique game. Right. And right. I just thought it was I just thought it was fascinating. What did you think, Daniel? Did you? Yeah, thanks. I mean, I, I have to admit I was kinda I I didn't quite um quite know what to do with it yeah when you when you first this was your suggestion it was a good suggestion i mean i mean, I appreciate it but yeah it didn't quite i i didn't i didn't know what to do with it at, at first i i have to um right. admit that i don't do a You're, lot of stuff with like um i don't do a lot of games like that right like um 
Um, Kristen and, and, and I, you were disappointed they didn't curse more, correct? You typically curse more when you play. Is that true? I I'm a cursing machine. That's right. It's it's um, no, that I'm not. I'm not. No, my my. Uh, yeah, the, the I'm worst, kidding. They the do curse I get a lot. Is, the so. worst I get is, is if I say fiddlesticks, I'm getting street. That's what right. I, that's what I'm. That's right. how I'm. But. Um, no, that's, uh, you know, but yeah, we, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, just to let our listeners know uh, and viewers know, uh, there is a fair amount of foul language in the video. So just just be warned if that's something that uh, you want to mm-hmm. you want to be aware of and, and, you know, not not child friendly um, in terms of the language. I think in terms of most everything else it is. But um, so, um, well, no, there's some little simulated fighting, too, in there. So anyway, just be aware of that. But um yeah, so I, 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 um, it was okay. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I was intrigued why you maybe suggested it because it wasn't the kind of thing that I normally might get into as much or think about. I was excited when I first read about it in the email when you talked about the cosplay. I, I, at first I read Coldplay and I thought, oh, it's Coldplay. I love it. Um, but then, uh, but then, no, it was, there was no um, uh, plaintive, you know, ephemeral, transcendent piano ballad about the meaning of life. It was um, right. It was Mad Max people. You thought it was cold play and board games, and it was cosplay without any yeah. board games yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. so uh, so what made you suggest this, Kevin? If I may ask, why oh. did you think it would be good? You know, I watched it just out of curiosity, yeah. and then I just found myself uh, really drawn in to yeah. how they told the story of them trying to understand this world and what they're supposed to do, yeah, yeah. and their diverging paths. It's just so well made, this little documentary, really. But then at the end, I just found it very touching what people said about community, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, and it just made me think that there's something there connected with um the gaming experience maybe that's what it's getting at Mm -hmm. even though they're not Mm -hmm. actually playing a board game it's kind of why people do play board games right right so i think it's the last 10 minutes that really made me sit up you know yeah beyond just sort of lounging and watching this thing yeah no i i i I think you're right i think the end of it really I, i really um found it very endearing and charming and glad that I watched it uh, oh, by, the, that's great. by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was good. But you're right. At the beginning, it's really exploring kind of the game aspect of this. I guess we should say Qu- Quinns is also joined uh, by um, by Chris Bratt, B-R-A-T-T. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also, I understand behind the scenes is another person, Annie Sayers, uh, who helps create okay. the show. But... Um, yeah, and you're right. So, like, they assume these these roles, right? They assume these roles uh, that very kind of game like, and, and including like having a new name, right? So, like a wasteland name. Mm-hmm. So, Chris is Muckraker, and um, and Quinn's is Carrion. Um, you know, like <laughs> the dead, the dead, the, de- the dead animal bodies. Um, which at first I thought he was like carry on, like, you know, what you bring onto a plane, like, but it wasn't, right, it wasn't carry, carry on, on luggage. It was, <laughs> it was carrying like what the vultures eat. If so. I was one of the experienced guys there, I probably would have ridiculed him, like called him carry on and what are you carrying on, <laughs> carry on. And sort of, 
Yeah. <laughs> like he wanted a very heavy metal name and he had actually a lame name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, um, so, so uh, Chris role played a, uh, a journalist, right? Because there was a newspaper in, in Wasteland that kind of reported yeah. on what's happening. And then Quinn's uh, role played a trader, like a, a T-R-A-D-E-R, someone who mm-hmm. who exchanges things, not a trader, one who betrays. Um, right. So, yeah. And um, and that especially, I, I found that in terms of like thinking about this as a game, I found Quinn's journey as one who traded especially interesting because he starts off, like you were saying, Kevin, I mean, he, he really approaches this as a game, right? He says, I, uh, I've i got these items here to start off with that I'm going to trade and I'm going to, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and he had these quests, right? That he had to trade this for that and that for that and that for that. And it's, yeah. And, this, and yeah. side note, this is something they do if you're new to it, they kind of, cause you don't know what to do. So that one thing is you could take on this quest, which is trade these things. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's kind of a written sen- opening scenario. Yeah. And remind me very much of kind of, kind of resource management in a lot of board games, right. Where you trade, um, you know, two yes, pieces of and wood. And that's how he approached yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two pieces of wood for a gold, a gold for a platinum or, you know, like you do in a lot of, a lot of resource management games. Um, and it reminded me of another video, Kevin, that you and I haven't talked about. And, and actually not, not a video, uh, uh, an article that I read online um, at the BBC. Um, but I think you can read about it a lot more. And it originated in, in TikTok about this um, person, uh, Demi Skipper, D-E-M-I is her first name, Skipper, S-K-I-P-P-E-R. And mm. there's a report about how she started with a hairpin and through a series of trades, traded from a hairpin all the way up to a, a new house, or not a new house, but a house that's new to her. She traded That's from crazy. A, isn't that wild? And like, I think it was like she traded a hairpin for um, some old junk earrings, and then she traded the old junk earrings up for like some margarita glasses, and then the and kept going and kept going and kept going, until eventually she uh, she got a house, right? And uh, and it reminded me kind of what what Quinn's trying trying to do here at the beginning of this video, right? He's he starts off with. Um, what does he start off with? Like a, it was like a scented candle, wasn't it? Wasn't it a scented candle? <laughs> right. He tried to bring in things he thought would be of value in this world. Right. Which right. they have no currency beyond barter and then bottle caps. Or bottle which caps. Which is really yeah. funny. Right, right. So bottle right. caps are like a currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he keeps trading up and up and up. And um, I didn't, it seems like his the greatest achievement he gets is, I don't know, like a, um, a car windshield... Um, reflector mat or something like that. Yeah, like, like a that, visor thing. Visor, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then, I, I feel like I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry, before I get to the... Bef- no, but no. then you, part. You could... Okay, well, but then, yeah, he has this kind of moment where he says, like... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to remember his exact words. He, oh, that's right. He said, after a day or two of gaming, that he had this realization that he had done something horrible, which is that he said he had brought the attitude of a gamer to the weekend and that that had ruined it so far for him. Right. 
did you catch that? Do you have any thoughts on? I did. And, and then there was like this little spiritual, emotional, psychological shift in him. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or mm-hmm. I thought that was so interesting. Well, first off, it's great storytelling. You know, that's the hero's journey type yeah, bits, yeah. right? So yeah, that, yeah. that's how you make a a documentary that is interesting is creating conflict and mistakes and all. So that's just the art of filmmaking, but in some ways, but yeah, no, it's right. Like he was thinking, I guess he was looking at it as victory points and trying to achieve the quest well. And the point of this weekend was really to have fun and meet people. Mm-hmm. So if, if this is a game, the win condition is integrating into a new community and enjoying that community. That's the victory condition. Right. And he was playing the wrong game, which is I will be the the, the best trader here. Yeah. You know, yeah. If, if I do this really well, then they'll like me. But right. that's not, you know, it's... The, it's all pretend. And so the minute you walk away, it's just junk. That, that's the weird bit. The irony of it is it's not real life and it's not a game. It's something different. It's kind of an experience. Hmm. That's interesting. So yeah, if you that's... were, you know, if we changed it up, if you were volunteering at your local soup kitchen and in the midst of that, when you're serving a meal, your goal was to be the most efficient producer of roast beef sandwiches at the event people might look at you funny right mm, yeah 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 i like that I because like that. because you were there for efficiency instead of the opportunity to help others but also to form new relationships with people other people serving and the people that are coming for help like that's part of the game you're actually playing and you're playing the wrong game which is you know if if, if we reduce this by point two milliliters then we'll save the this ministry four hundred dollars a year or something right right that's so good it reminds huh. me of of a of a story i heard from a a, a pastor in a, a christian church uh, years ago but just um, he, he was a pastor at a buddhist temple and um, no one knew what he was talking about. That's, it was very strange. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we talk about Moses and they would just scratch their heads. That's right. That's right. So then he got a um, Christian church. That's right. It worked out better. Um, that's right. <laughs> and then, um, but I, I guess in, in this particular story, um, there were, um, I, I, I mean, it's probably apocryphal, but I just, I think it's, it's told to make a, a point, which I think is, which is valid, which is that, um, um, you know, putting these two volunteers to work together to wash dishes after the church supper that night. Right. And then, mm-hmm. and, and a third person comes up and says, Hey, you know, um, this person over here is, is so much more efficient, right. At washing the dishes. Like they, they, they do this professionally. They're really good. And, mm-hmm. and they could wash the dishes in half the time. And it doesn't make sense that you're putting these two people who are really slow together. And the pastor's response was, well, you know, the point really isn't washing the dishes. The point is, you know, the people getting to know each other and care for each other and working together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's the game that you're actually playing in the sense that there is a goal. I'm I'm defining game loosely as something with a purpose. Yeah. 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 Um, Which maybe that's not a a, a accurate use of the word game, but, but, but you are entering a magic circle that like, we're going to come here, we're going to do this thing and we're going to leave. And then there is a win condition, which is we achieve what we, 
the goals of this game. And there are obstacles, which is you're, you don't know these people, you feel uncomfortable, um, you have imposter syndrome, anxiety, you feel like you're in the wrong place. Um, some of the people maybe coming to help uh, make you feel uncomfortable. So there are obstacles to achieving that goal. Yeah. Yeah. So it is kind yeah, of a game. Yeah. Related to that. Of, yeah, that's absolutely, yeah, that's ministry is, is cr creating the sense of community and belonging, which is not about optimization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of that. That's great. And so Quinns has to realize that he's playing the wrong game versus uh, his buddy there, whose name I will recall as I look at my notes, and his name is Chris. Chris. Chris is much more kind of open-minded, strolling around, just sort of seeing what happens. And it and Quinn's admits that Chris is doing a better job at playing that game. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, I guess I'll go do this. And though I feel sorry for Chris, he has a very, um, he has a, a, a kind of a, a, a moment of vulnerability there in the video um, where um, he, he, he covers himself in white body paint the whole time, right? right? He calls himself a which war, is a Mad Max thing, a like war boy it's thing, a thing. Or, yeah, 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 like war that. boy. And and <clears throat> and I guess to enhance the effect, he um, uses some zinc powder or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. And um, at some point, he realizes that he's he's been applying it incorrectly, and it's making him terribly sick. It's something called like metal vapor syndrome or something like that. <laughs> he's poisoned himself, <laughs> <laughs> which they say is like the most. Post-apocalyptic metal name for an illness <laughs> right. ever. Metal vapors and, or, or like the zinc shakes, I think they call it as well. Um, oh but he he gets to be okay. He gets to be okay. Then what's your uh, bit about that? This concert so metal will spray you with viruses. <laughs> that's right. That's your joke. Well, it's like that. <laughs> that's right. Our cosplay is so realistic. You will get sick. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so yeah, but yeah, you're right. He, I think he has much more of a a um, posture of just kind of taking in the experience and not trying yeah. to kind of optimize it to a, a future oriented goal. It reminded me. Side note. What? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Well, just, you, and then I want to hear yours, but thank you. I, you and okay. I are, are both going through this book, um, 4,000 weeks, uh, time I management for mortals. You're a much faster reader than I am. Good job. Well, I had an audiobook and I am in the car some. Okay, okay. Which by cool. the side cool. note, audiobooks are frustrating because you can't take notes and things and you mm. can't really mark or go back very easily. But right. it is so nice to be able to listen to a book on a, dr on a drive. Yeah, yeah but anyway, I can see that. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Thanks. No, thanks. Um, but, you know, one of the and and uh, spoilers, uh, we're going to talk about this book in an upcoming episode as well. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, but one of the points that he makes about that is that some in that book is that sometimes we can put in so much effort to be present to a moment that we're not present to that moment, <laughs> right? Like, right. And, and and it's it, because he so says it's just funny. another way of getting into this mindset that we're trying to escape, which is got to optimize every moment, right, to, to make so I can be better right. prepared for the future, you know, and and so like so so I can lead a fulfilled life. I've got to. I've got to be uh, optimally present to this moment. And you're so focused on being present to this moment that you're not really present to this moment, right? Um, yeah, even yeah, meditation yeah, can yeah, backfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're, you're doing something. And in right. a weird way, the present is about accepting 
right the right. incompleteness of the moment yeah, yeah yeah you can't fix it so so Quinn's response reminded me of that yeah that he was saying like you know I really want to enjoy this weekend and so I will be the yeah, world's best right. trader and then he realizes I'm really yeah. missing out on this uh, by trying to optimize my trading. When you play a board game, you are strategizing. Like you are, this is where I want to be and I'm going to take the most efficient steps to get to this, you know, 100 victory points. So that's exactly how you play a game or some types of games is optimization and strategy. But yeah, with life and, you know, with your day, with your relationships, that's, that's a disaster. I mean, you're going to be a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with a cosplay type experience, yeah, that's so. I hadn't thought of it. They're really that this this whole weekend. I mean, we need to get uh, Oliver Berkman. I believe Oliver Berkman is, is the name, name of the yeah, guy that wrote yeah. Four Thousand Weeks. Like yeah. he could write a sequel on this this uh, Wasteland weekend because the whole point of this thing is stressing this living in the moment. Exactly. Right. Yeah. What I, I I think it's you know a theme that we've that we've it's come up a lot over the over the course of the episodes of this podcast is that i mean that's the gift of play right that's that's um yes. however you want to phrase or it theologically be. god's good gift of play yeah it can be we 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 can we can kind of mess it up as well but board the, games can occasionally get in the way of play if if you take them too seriously right but play play can you're right not certainly not always but it it, it can Allow us to truly be present in a way to the moment by um, freeing us from kind of this this tyranny of feeling like we always have to optimize every moment to get us ready for a better future. You know, yeah, you know, because then the better future never comes <laughs> because we're yeah, always. You're almost making me think and because you're right but then there is this in the board game itself you're not doing that you are planning for a future reality right so maybe when you're playing a game with friends you're really playing two games you're playing the game like you're in the game state but on another level you're playing the game of playing with friends right right exactly exactly it's almost two levels and we can work at that hopefully if we keep it right if you don't keep them balanced then you lose you get mad you flip the table right yeah yeah so that's where it we are operating in two different magic circles in a way yeah it's like that that great reiner knizia quote that we've talked about before he's a famous board game designer for those who are listening or watching maybe not familiar with his name also makes a really good fruitcake he does I'm almost out of my Reiner Knizia fruitcake. I need to get some more. I just made that up. That's, no, no. Not, true. That's not true. But it may be true. Could be. You I know, don't know that he doesn't make fruitcake. What I love about it are the uh, the little candied pineapple pieces in the shape of meeples. Those are fantastic. You know when That's you so cut good. when you cut through yeah. and then you just see this perfectly shaped uh, candied pineapple meeple in the middle of the slice. It's, uh, right. it's a little bit of board game. We're uh, we're making all this up. None of this is true. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, so, um, but Reiner Knizia is a real person, and he has this great quote <clears throat> where he says that um, something like the the point of a game is to win, but winning isn't the point, right? Or something like yes, that. Yes, that's I just exactly think of, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so that that quote there is one way to read that is really you're playing two different games at the same time. Right, right. I think we've we've and talked about it. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. That's great. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. I'm I think we've talked about it before on this episode. It's kind of like you know, like um, uh, the framing of a house. You know, like like the the, the two by fours and studs inside of our walls and our ceilings. Like the framing of a house. Um, 
you absolutely need for the house to exist, right? For it to be, for it to be, for it to hold itself up and not to fall apart. But the framing isn't the point of the house, right? Like, like you need mm-hmm. you need the goal of winning for a game to exist, but the right. winning isn't really the point of the game, <laughs> right? Yeah, right, yeah. And so Quinn's kind of has to go on the hero's journey of realizing what game he should be playing. Yeah. yeah. And what's interesting, here's the bit with community. Community is never free. Well, maybe it's this. Community in a sense is free in that it accepts you, but it's not cheap. Mm. Because to be a part of a community means you have to make some sort of sacrifice of time, of energy, of investment. And that's part of what he has to learn is you can't just walk in and be a part of this community. You have to kind of pay your dues, which means attempting to make a costume. It means following their rules. It means attempting to integrate and learn and stepping out of comfort zones. Mm. And once you do all that, then you're in the community. So there's an initiation element. And it's so true. Like you don't, you don't make friends just completely out of the blue. It, you may meet someone out of the blue, but to be friends, you have to make plans together, do something together, ask for favors. Right. Be vulnerable. Give favors. Be vulnerable. Yeah. There's a great bit, uh, Timon of Athens. It's a, it's a kind of strange, maybe unfinished play of Shakespeare's, but part of the issue for Timon is he never asks for help. Hmm. And so when tragedy befalls him, he turns into this real lonely, misanthropic, people-hating character. And one way to read it is he always helped others and he never asked for help. And so he never really had friends because to be a friend, you have to ask for help. Mm. You have to be vulnerable. Mm. And, and communities kind of work a bit that way. You're going to have to, you know, if you want to be a part of a house of worship, you're going to have to be in the kitchen helping people or you join a Sunday school class or educational opportunity and you show up and you, you play by the rules. Hmm. That's so interesting. You yeah, think? an investment of yourself into the community, mm-hmm. and and maybe part of that investment is a a, um, a willingness to share your vulnerability, or your need. Yes, in a way, I or, you know, because I as you're think as you're talking about that, I, I think you're exactly right. I, I'm thinking about you know like what we might say in our theological circles, like the family of God, right? Like you're you know, having a place in, in in the family of God. And, and in some ways we might say, and I, and I believe this, of course, you know, like no matter who you are, you know, you are welcome in the family of God, right? Like you, you belong in the family of God. But then it gets me thinking like, you know, I think there's truth to what you're saying as well, that it, it feels like there's something for that to be real to a person, for, for that to, 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 to feel real to a person. I think there's, almost some sort of need to um to yeah to be to be to share our to share our our vulnerableness our, our brokenness mm-hmm. in it to share um, burdens to be a friend yeah a friend in need is a friend indeed and yeah those sorts of ideas friendship um and, and communities are based on Mutual need, mutual sacrifice, and and respect and rules. There are certain rules. So if you walked into this um, wasteland weekend and w- walked around saying, "This is stupid. Y'all are just pretend. This is stupid. You you know why don't you use real money?" That that's not right. They're not going to accept you. Right. You, you have right. to be respectful. 
You have to play by the rules. You have to earn the right to be there on a certain level. Yeah. Meaning yeah. you're willing to make those sacrifices. And then once you do it, you are, you, you find a community of people that they come back every single year. I mean, yeah. they are, that is their family. Like they've been doing it since 2010, I think they, they I read yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. The logistics of it is yeah. just, yeah. I would like to watch a video about how they actually plan it I out know, and pay for it and, yeah. and, and how you, how you deal with thousands of people. <clears throat> I used to. Um, and safety issues. Yeah. 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 It's and like, so part of them, the, the people doing the trading, they're just sitting there waiting for the noobs to come in and they kind of, part of their job is to give them a hard time. Mm-hmm. Why do they give them a hard time? Because that's how you pay your dues to be a true part of the community. Right. Because right. if it didn't cost you anything, if then it would have no value, I think. Yeah. I saw this with youth group trips long ago. If the trip was free, people would skip it or come late or whatever. But if you charged them $10, they'd show up on time and be, they weren't invested. So maybe it's an investment thing. Mm. You don't get the dividend if you're not invested in the community. And you have to do that by making some sacrifice of time, confusion, vulnerability. It doesn't have to be money, but there has to be an attempt to, to, to be wrong. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Yeah or to sacrifice your comfort for the greater good. Mm. And, and church and houses of worship are the same way. You, um, they don't function if people aren't willing to be there and willing to um, help prepare meals when there's a funeral and those sorts of things. That, that, that's what bonds a group together. That's so interesting. That's a great insight, Kim. I've never really thought about that in those terms before. Yeah, yeah really thanks. Authentic I mean, community is, is in some ways kind of an experience of shared mm-hmm. shared vulnerability, shared, um, um, yeah, people who are willing to um, do the risky, make the risky decision to invest their lives in each other. Knowing that yeah. that means... Ooh, that's because, a well... That's a nice way to put it. Because you, can get hurt, you know you'll get hurt, or you can get hurt yeah. when you invest your life. And in fact, you probably Absolutely. will. Eventually, People you probably are going get to hurt. let you down. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is just part of being human. But it's the cost of community, and, If I guess, if you yeah. want to be a part of a community. Maybe? Right. I, part of it's reminding me, Bonhoeffer, and I've, it's been a long time, but he had some... And he was a, a German theologian... Um, but he has some line about grace is free, but it's not cheap. He tried to, mm. talking about the grace of Jesus Christ, like trying to say that it's freely available, but it's not something cheap, meaning that you just kind of like, oh, great, thanks, and keep living your life. Like right. it, it, it should cost you something in the sense of an investment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I because think I we're think probably... Felt like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I just, I think we're already getting into it. I I think, but, but I wondered if we could maybe just kind of officially more, more, uh, more officially transition into kind of a closing section where we talk about the takeaways of the video. And, and I think we're already getting into that. Like what lessons we learned from this video. What do you think it is about the post-apocalyptic theme? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, that, that was certainly one of my big responses to this video is why do we find post-apocalyptic? post-apocalyptic the post-apocalyptic theme so fascinating as human beings right because we do yeah. we, we we go out into the into the desert and we we um 
but we we simulate it. Uh, we have board games about a post-apocalyptic world. Um, mm-hmm. I know one of the favorite uh, genres of TV shows and movies that uh, my wife Kristen and I like to watch is this post-apocalyptic theme. And Kristen especially really, really loves this theme, and, and I do as well. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, it, mm-hmm. and, and what's interesting is that, you know, I don't think... At first you think, oh, well, this is just kind of a very modern phenomenon, right? Because we have because it's only in the modern world that we have things like the potential of nuclear war, you know, or we're thinking about, you know, zombies and that. But I don't and so I think our my initial response is to think, well, this is a very modern experience, but I'm not sure that's true. And it, it got me thinking, you know, the the our word apocalypse, you know, is actually, it's a biblical word. It comes, you know, it's, it's the word that gives us revelation when we, when we have the book of revelation at the end of, of the Christian mm-hmm. Bible, that word revelation is, I mean, the Greek word behind it is, is apocalypse, or, you know, it's, as we anglicize it. Um, and, and, and that revelation, the book of revelation at the end of the Bible itself is an example of this very ancient literary genre of apocalyptic literature where um and kevin yeah you probably know a lot more about this than i do but this this that that there was this was actually pretty common back in the ancient mediterranean world that there were people would write these these um these stories these narratives uh these apocalyptic stories and narratives about how everything ends right and and it's kind of the mm-hmm. the, the ultimate victory of god and god's people right and so and and so this idea of of a post-apocalyptic world, it's in in a way it's it's been around at least since the Bible, right? If, if before and and why do we find it so fascinating? Why do people find it fascinating in the Bible? Because you know people love to talk about the Book of Revelation, and why do we find yeah. it so popular in TV shows and movies? And and I've got maybe a couple thoughts on that. Um, before I dive into that, I mean, yeah, I mean, even just that topic, does that make sense? To, has that been your experience too, Kevin, about that we just seem really fascinated by this theme? And, and Absolutely. And, no, yeah. it, is, it is fascinating. People love it. It's, and, it and it continues to grow and change and, and shows continue to be written. Um, I do think it's probably a modern thing to have post-apocalyptic, the, the apocalyptic literature of, it, really, it starts with the Jews and the Christians use it as well. So it's really the Jews and Christians of that era. Um, I don't think they thought about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like the apocalypse mm-hmm. would mean the end. Mm-hmm. So we have this modern version of, of there's an apocalypse that somehow some people survive. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 I guess like in the book of Revelation, there people are surviving. I can't. Well, there really aren't people though, are there? They're kind it's of like surviving in this um, new Jerusalem, in this new, in this new creation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but in a different form. Like you might have people during the apocalypse, but in general, there's nothing after it because after it is the consummation of history. Right, right. So it's really a modern thing. It does make me wonder. I mean, people love vampire stories. They like zombie stories. Yeah. So it's 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 another genre with people like science fiction. Yeah. It, um, it I, I mean, that reminds me also, you know, I've heard sometimes it explained that we like to kind of poke at the things that we are most afraid of, right? And then... You know, and that sure. um, our fascination with zombies is, you know, we're we're afraid of death, and that's kind of our way of poking at at mm-hmm. our fear of death a little bit. Um, to me, I, I, I a couple things that occurred to me was maybe why we're fascinated by this is, in a strange way, it does kind of feel like there's something almost inherently hopeful about them too. That this idea that 
even yes. when everything falls apart, there's a little something that survives. You know, like we're you know even even if the world throws its absolute worst at us, even if we blow ourselves up, you know, um, in a nuclear holocaust, a nu- you know nuclear apocalypse, there's going to be a little something that survives. You know, it just and there's something inherently hopeful. I, I feel like um, about ironically yeah, they're, they're about survival stories. Yeah, yeah, and that people might survive. Yeah. But then the other thing I think we, I, I think the other reason I think we humans find it fascinating is I feel like apocalyptic stories and post-apocalyptic stories, like a lot of things, science fiction, tunes, but I think what there can really be about is about revealing what kind of people we really are. You know, like, um, mm-hmm. like it's about human nature, like, like, like the opening question, right? You know, if we think about how how well would we survive the zombie apocalypse, it's kind of a way of, in a in a silly way, thinking about what kind of person am I really? You know, am I a person who could survive or not? You know, am I a person who? And, um, Kristen and I watched some of the Walking Dead episodes. Kristen watched more of it than I did, and she knows more about it than I do. But, you know, that was something that seemed to come through a lot of those episodes. Is that it's in some ways it's kind of a meditation about who we are really as human beings, you know, and, and if everything is taken away and we live in this world, we, if we suddenly live in this world without law, without, you know, s- social norms and mores, would we be the same people? You know, and it, it's a way to yeah, kind of ask yeah. that question, you know, who, who are we really? Um, so I think maybe that's another, right. that's, no, it is absolutely yeah. is. Who are we will, who are we really? And how far are we willing to go to survive? Yeah, yeah. And I think in some so ways, even I keep interrupting. Go for it. Your turn. Yeah, no, no. Uh, well, it makes me think of the survival shows like um, Survivor and things. So those are almost a cousin to it, which is it, it, people are voting, but it's how far will you go to stay on the island to win the prize? Yeah, yeah. And so we watch. And I never got into that, but if you enjoy that, you're watching people get voted off. So you're you're thinking, would I? What I do, what they did. It's a similar vibe. Yeah. In a yeah. kind of a fictional, non-fictional, fictional world. Yeah. What, yeah. What, what would you do to stay on the island to win the prize? Yeah. Right, right. And I think in a weird way, or in a, in, a, in a maybe adjacent way, that's kind of what, in some ways, what the book of Revelation, the, the, the book of the apocalypse in the Bible is kind of about too. It's about, it's, 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 it's a revealing of what kind of person are you? At the end, are you going to be, are you going to be one of the righteous that is saved or not? You know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, I, I think at least some people can maybe see it that way. I'm not saying that I see yeah, it that some way. Yeah, people have read it that. Um, but maybe I, the authors too. So much too? of that is, hm. Hmm? Maybe even the author, Sorry. is that what the author had in mind in writing the book of Revelation? Again, I'm not saying that's well, necessarily my view. Well, but it doesn't talk about people, I guess, but it, it's more of and it's been a while since I've studied it, but it's really a comfort to people that are suffering yeah, that, yeah. that God's in control and the oppressors are going to be dismantled. So yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't follow characters and it doesn't follow, people don't really change places. There's no hero's journey here. It's it's more of a, um, God is going to strike you down. God's going to strike the oppressor down. Yeah, eventually. yeah, yeah. God's going to fix everything. That's a good, so, that's so a good it analysis. Doesn't, yeah. Uh, so, so really apocalypse today is very different because we do see people, we see individuals doing things to survive. 
Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think watching people in extreme situations is, is always of interest. Yeah. Um, you know, Man Walks Dog is not a great movie, but Man Walks Dog while being chased by MI5. Now that's interesting. Because <laughs> he's like John Wick or something. <clears throat> you know, Man Walks Dog was just a boring premise and I have no idea why they gave it a sequel though that was that was even I mean the, the first yes. one the first one was boring yes, enough right. but Man Walks Dog 2 that was like why yeah yeah and then electric yeah. they called it subtitled electric boogaloo uh, yeah I, what's up with nothing, that there was nothing they didn't have music <laughs> it was the whole the whole th- and then episode 3 was completely in silence do you remember that the, 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 the third one yeah and it was just like the man walking the dog in silence for uh, 90 minutes it was it was awful, right? Yeah, and it was supposed to be artistically amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get it. No. Speaking no. of that, Tree of Life is that way too. It's supposed to be artistically amazing, but I can't watch it. It's so boring. Nothing. I've happened. never seen it. I'll mm. try it again. I need to try again. I'll try. It's supposed to be great, but. So, what was your takeaway from this? What's what's, what's the the bottom My line for you? My takeaway is just how amazingly creative people can be, and that. I love a world that despite the consumerism that we all suffer from and, and, and buying games online and, and shipping it to us in a box and it's cellophane wrapped, I mean, all that's wonderful. But the fact that people are out there creating what seems to be impossible and then that other people are going to put a video on YouTube about this sort of weird experience of pretending to be something you're not and then looking forward to doing it again next year and seeing all your friends. Um, it just gives me a lot of hope and a lot of excitement with that. Mm-hmm. And and um, I love how people find community there. So in this video, they have a cemetery. They have a kind of street preacher type person. They have a, a way to mail yourself a letter of kindness so it's just all these interesting things they've done to try to bring out the best in people. Yeah, yeah. And and uh it's just great that it's great that there's these sparks of hope out there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Amen. the kind of person I need to move towards and not just be someone that collects the the hottest new board game. Hmm. I still want to be that person but just less of that person. <laughs> Do you think there's a connection between on the one hand, it's a weekend about what it takes to survive. On the other hand, it's a weekend about how to be a decent, kind, caring human being. And I wonder if there's a connection yes. between the two. Say that again? What was the first I wonder bit? if there's a connection between the two. On the one hand, it's a question about what do we need to do to survive. And on the other hand, it's about being kind, yes. decent, caring. And I wonder if maybe explicitly or implicitly or consciously or subconsciously that's the message maybe that maybe what we really need to do to survive at the end of the day isn't about trading in bottle caps or fighting off zombies but just how to be just decent caring human beings toward each other Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know Probably, yeah. It's certainly a theme in, say, The Walking Dead. One of the bits in that show that struck me is they were always burying people. And you might think, well, there's zombies everywhere. What's the point of burying people? But I think part of it is they were going to lose their humanity if they did not attempt to bury the dead. Mm. Because, you know, the dead don't care. Right. 
the dead are dead. Yeah. So it's really an act of respect by the living. Yeah. And and if we ever live in a world where you just casually leave bodies out, then then we're not human anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that 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 is an act of kindness and um yeah, all these people would pretend to live in this world that couldn't exist. Why would you be obsessed with engines and gasoline <laughs> in the desert? Uh, you would really be focused on um, aqueducts, I think, would be much more realistic because water. And uh, so the whole thing is kind of ridiculous, and that's what makes it sublime. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. one of the one of the people said, "The week the week is lovely, kind, and cannibalistic." <laughs> and I just love that phrase because there there actually aren't cannibals. Like they're just pretending to be cannibals because if you pretend to be cannibals together, you have opportunities to be lovely and kind, mm-hmm. which is stupid, but kind of true. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like a game. And sounds play. like a game. That's play. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does sound like a game. Yeah. And that is weird. You can't just do it. Like you can't just be, lo- I mean, you could be lovely and kind, but it somehow helps to pretend to be a cannibal as well. That's maybe a different episode, but yeah, yeah we, we need that. Um, we need that imagination to draw us out and make us kinder maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I'm glad you recommended this video. It was, Yay! it was a really great suggestion. You. Thank you so much. Yeah, and yeah, we'll have so a, we'll a, link a link to this. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Well, I think this was wonderful. Thank you so much. Excellent. And thank you. Next week, Daniel. Yes, next week. Kind of related. We're talking about death in gaming. It's going to be interesting. Is that death right? Death and gaming. Death and gaming. How the subject of death is treated in in games. So I'm looking forward wow. to that for next week. Yeah. I'm looking forward so, to researching. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. Be cool. Um and um folks. Yeah. Yeah. How usual, can they find us? Like and subscribe. They can find us at boardgamefaith.com. And we are on YouTube if you want the visuals. And we are an audio podcast uh through the player of your choice. So just search us up and whatever you like to listen to podcasts in and we are we are there. We are a key. Or IE. We're there. I guess it's IE. Spanish? Oh, Spanish. I think it's Spanish. I don't know Spanish. I should know I more Spanish. Made it up. I thought you I were saying like we we are a a, a key, a K E Y, like a key no. to something, like that a key to happiness or Spanish. It was it was just my I my really good. My Anglo-centric ears. I should. I should have. I should have been more open I, to hearing I, a different I, language. Um, there. Sorry. If I call the president of Mexico, he thinks I am a native speaker. That's how good I am. I've heard that. I've heard that. You've heard that about me. Yeah. I've, I'm really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Um. I will remember that too for for future yes. reference. So we are here and there with video and audio and boardgamefaith.com, and we are on Instagram. And check us out and drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. And like and subscribe. Awesome. Listeners, viewers, thank you again so much for spending a part of your day with us. We're grateful for you. We hope that you have a wonderful rest of the day and rest of the week and do not have to put up with a zombie apocalypse anytime in the near future. And uh, we're grateful for you. Kevin, I'm grateful for you too. It's great to hang out with you as always. Daniel. Thanks. You've inspired me to work on my shaming techniques against zombies.
would your mother really want you eating that? <laughs> Come on, you're better than that. You're better than that. <laughs> Pretty soon we've got the zombie orchestra. And violins and then occasionally one arm just goes flying. That's off. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we've lost our first violinist again. <laughs> Why don't they hire us for SNL skits? That would be hilarious. I would, I would, I'd be honored to 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 I know it. to, to I write know a skit it. with you. So. Call us, Lorne. Michael's call <laughs> us, Lorne. Bye. All right. Bye, bye, everybody. Thanks. <laughs>